0: Hello and welcome to What Goes Bump the Night. I'm your host, Riley Clark, and along with me is... Trevor Jensen. And we are back with episode 16 of season 3, and the second episode of... Does, Does it, bump. it Bump! Does It Bump! Button time! <laughs>
1: yes, we got a horn now. Alright, with tonight's first story...
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. First story? Is there going to be more than one? You bet your ass there's going to be more than one. Maybe, we'll just do one more. One more.
1: So, the first story is once again by Insomnia Storyteller. And the title of this is, I worked as an animal control officer for a small town, and I think it's time I find a new job. The town of Gilton has only about 400 people, which is pretty small by Massachusetts standards, which is where I'm initially from. I decided country life was more my speed when I got fed up with the smog and traffic, packed up my things, and headed west. I wound up in Montana in the middle of nowhere, of course. I just had to find Boston's polar opposite. Anyways, Gilton is one of those rare places with just about everyone serving a purpose in the town's own little ecosystem and a real lack of need of outsiders. It was a stroke of luck that I found myself able to stay in such a town. I was driving through and had just checked into one motel for the night. I crossed the street to the little diner serving all day breakfast and had ordered my omelet when I overheard two men at the counter talking. Yeah, I don't know what got into him, but he up and told me he was done. Said he was tired and his brother out in California had invited him to stay and that he was going. Who's going to replace the sheriff? You know, the boy we're fixing to have take a spot is still too young. I don't know. I'll probably do it all myself until the boy is old enough. You know how hard it is to find outside hires. It was as if fate had slapped me right in the face and God was holding a big flashing sign saying, here is your chance to find a new home. Pardon my interruption, but I happened to hear you needed someone for a job. This may seem a bit rash, but I happen to be in the market, I said stepping towards them.
0: So first off, I'm getting western town vibes, like Clint Eastwood, country folk, like. <laughs> like I'm riding off in the sunset. Real cowboys, you know, like. Oh yeah. And, like, well that's, that's like the setting that, that I get out of that for sure. Yeah.
1: Cause he's like, I'm Wild a Boston west. boy going west. Wild west. To Montana. And I'm pretty sure all these little towns that he's talking about, like, like, in a general speaking, all these people that have probably worked these jobs are, like, generational workers that their whole families have done for their whole lives. So it's like, I can really feel what he's saying when he's like, I moved out west where everybody has a purpose in these towns.
0: Yeah, like, you're a tailor, you're a tailor. You're yeah, a your daddy was a shoemaker, you're, you're a shoemaker. you bartender, you own
1: the bar, like. Mm-hmm. Everybody serves a purpose, and that purpose is what they do.
0: Yep, the omelet sounded good. The omelet does sound pretty good. It really set off the Western vibes. Like, that's what I would... A Western omelet? Yeah, I would just get, like, an omelet. Yeah, for
1: sure. All right, let's get back to the story. We got to talking, and despite a few city slicker jokes and questions about why I wanted to stay in Gilton, they offered me the role of animal control officer. I had some years' experience volunteering at the Humane Society back home, and honestly, I don't think they would have cared if I had never seen a deer in my life. I got the impression that everyone had a role, and keeping people in these roles was how the town survived. I was allowed to stay in the motel long term for a discounted rate, and even given two adjoining rooms as to feel more at home. I reported to the sheriff the following Monday ready to begin my wildly impulsive career as a stray dog finder and feral cat catcher. The first few weeks went smoothly despite a few rabies scares and a litter of kittens no one could care for. Overall, it was what I expected. but... Pay was surprisingly decent, and each night, I got to see more stars than I knew existed. My least favorite part of the job was roadkill removal. Being in such a rural area, it was not uncommon to get calls about deer that had darted across the street or squirrels that had their guts strewn about. I'd sigh, grab my shovel, and head out to wherever the caller had said they'd hit an unsuspected speed bump. My instructions were to just throw the bodies into the nearest woods and let the other animals take care of it. And I did as such without so much as a second thought. Life was simple and I was getting into the routine until the day everything turned upside down. It was about 6.30 a.m. last Wednesday when I was driving to the town hall where my broom closet of an office was. I noticed something on the side of the road and pulled over, figuring I would be called out here to remove it soon enough anyways. As I got out of my truck, I realized it was a pretty large deer, a buck in fact, with pretty big antlers. This was something you wouldn't wanna hit. It'd be a crash that would probably render your car unusable. However, there was no car in sight, not even a fender or some broken glass as was usual with some smaller does. I approached carefully, just in case the hunter was eyeing me, making sure I didn't take his kill. That would be a whole other situation having to deal with someone firing too close to the road, and I was not in the mood for that. I wouldn't have to worry about any hunters though, as when I got to the deer, I saw why it was dead a gaping wound covered where its chest should be. Dried blood pooled around its lifeless body. Sitting in the middle of the puddle was the deer's heart, laying flat on the pavement. Its eyes had been carefully placed in its nostrils, facing opposite directions as if trying to imitate a funny face. I turned on my heels and vomited. This was unlike anything I'd ever seen. I could deal with a smashed up body, but this was so painstakingly and methodically done that I knew I was dealing with some sick fucker. I called the sheriff and he came down, despite the fact that I had woken him on his day off. His car pulled up not ten minutes later. He must have been in a hurry. He took one look at the deer and I saw his face go pale. I didn't even bother to ask why, figuring it was because he just as, he was just as disgusted as I was. Son, I've got to go down to the station. Please just dispose of this as you would normally and don't tell anyone what you saw. I don't need a wildfire. Or panic spreading through my town if I hadn't been such a good man I probably would not have listened to him I grabbed my wagon I kept in the back of my truck for such things and I was hoisting the deer into it as soon as the sheriff drove off I was thinking about what could have done this probably some sick hunter or kid trying to be funny a future serial killer maybe who knows as I wheeled the carcass into the woods off to the side of the road I was so deep in thought I nearly didn't notice the grizzly's back to me to my left I saw it out of the corner of my eye, and I did a double take, and I realized what it was. Slowly, I let go of the wheelbarrow and stepped back in my tracks, reaching for the bear spray I'd keep on my hip since getting the job. However, the thing didn't move. I saw no signs of life. I crept towards it, spray in hand. It wasn't hibernation season, not even close. This thing had to be dead. Sure enough, when I got to the other side, my worst fears were realized. The bear's chest had a massive hole in it heart laying in front of the body while its eyes poked curiously out of its newfound nostril sockets whatever was in my stomach abandoned me and i retched until i could barely stand once i had some air in my lungs again i booked it back to the truck and drove as fast as i could to the town hall to find the sheriff i ran into the building deciding i had to ask him just what the hell is going on i knocked on his door and i felt my heart sink when there was no answer i opened it saw him in his desk facing the window his back to me it took everything in me not to turn and run I knew what I would find when I got close enough to him cautiously I approached him grabbed his shoulders spinning his chair around his ribs greeted me and his eyes were staring right at me from the unnatural spots under his heart which had been placed on his desk and there was an envelope in the sheriff's handwriting I saw my name scrawled across the top I carefully pulled it out from underneath the poor man's most vital organ and I opened it to find a piece of paper inside, holding the man's final words. They don't like newcomers.
0: First off, something's bumping in this town. That shit's creepy. Something's bumping. Okay, so do you think it's paranormal?
1: Oh. Ooh. Or do you think it's cult? Or these townsfolk are all is fucked it up it some
0: crazy like the village type? Monster. I think it could be like the village. I'm thinking the village, but, like, western setting. <laughs> the Montana
1: eye replacer. <laughs> <laughs> just sticking eyes in wherever they can fit, like, nose holes and
0: shit. This leaves the heart in a pile of blood.
1: <laughs> I do... I, I'm i on the fence about if I think this one really bumps or if it really doesn't bump. I'm. Li- I like the idea of it. I think it's pretty cool. But, I don't know. Like, it just... It doesn't seem
0: like it bumps as hard as, like, other stuff could. Right. I mean, it kind of leaves you with, uh... Like, it doesn't give you, like, a lot of, like, this is what,
1: like, they were noticing. Like, it's, like, use your imagination. Like, whatever monster, person,
0: like, like exactly how we're talking about it right now, like, what, what did this? Like, was give me aliens? more. Was it aliens? Was it paranormal? Was it Bigfoot? Was it... What was it? Yeah, like, like we, I want, I need more. We need more, more content, more. Hopefully, there'll be a part two to this story. We'll never know until it comes out, I guess. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say. I don't think this one bumped. I don't think it bumps. And without further ado, let's jump into our second story. This story is by Dada, is King, and is titled why I left my airport job. I started my new job at Will Rogers Airport. I say new job, but I was really just moved to a different airline and working in the same ramp agent position. Now I have to tell you that I have a crippling fear of heights and my least favorite part of being a ramp agent is when I have to climb into the cargo bin on the rear loading plane because it's about 20 feet off the ground. This particular night was a strange mix of a few factors, creating an uneasy feeling. The first ambient setting condition is that it was raining, not just raining, but pouring rain with a few scattered lightning flashes and random power surges. Every now and then we have dead bodies transported in cargo bins. This was one of those occasions and tonight was my lucky night apparently because my manager told me I was throwing the plane. Throwing meaning I was pulling the cargo out of the bin. It was the last plane for the night and wasn't very much cargo besides the body. My coworker John pulled the ramp loader to the plane and raised it up so I could walk up the conveyor belt to enter the bin. About four other coworkers came over with a buggy tug for cargo. I say to everyone in a louder than normal tone because the rain was loudly smacking the metal shell of the airplane. I hope y'all are ready. I'm not trying to be in there all night. John laughed and said, don't worry about it. Maybe you can make a new friend in there in reference to the body. I didn't think it was funny. But I chuckled and told him to shut up and let's get going. I climbed into the small and cramped space and sat in the bin as far from this human-sized white cardboard box as I could. And I pulled my phone out of my pocket to select a playlist to listen to while I threw the bin. I find a good one and I start working. The conveyor belt moves at a snail pace, and you have to wait until they scan each individual package. So I can't just throw them as fast as I want to get out of there. About 10 minutes into it, I'm getting closer and closer to the box. My music stops playing. I've had earbuds that short out when they get wet. So in the front of my mind, I automatically assume the rain somehow got on them and I just need to shake the water out a little bit, but they're bone dry. I check Spotify to see if there was a glitch or a problem with the app. And I see I have an unread message. Did I get the notification and forgot In the mindset of my rap-fueled baggage handling? The way my phone is set up, when I get a message, it'll tell you who it's from, but it won't display the message. You have to access them to read it. The message was from an unknown number, which was odd because very few people had my number to begin with. I clicked the notification to read the message and all it says was, hi. I sent a text back saying, "Uh, hey, who is this? My phone displayed that whoever sent the message saw mine immediately after it sent. I waited and no response. I started my playlist back up and got back to my job. Shortly after a crash of thunder that was so loud the plane shook, made me jump at first, but I quickly rationalized it, returned to work. I noticed the conveyor belt was no longer moving. I yelled to John, what the hell is going on out there? Why did it stop? John replied, damn thing ran out of gas. We're going to take this load of cargo to drop off while we get another loader over here. Sit tight, I think to myself, where the fuck else am I going to go? About one moment later, it got cold. Like, I could see my breath cold. I write it off as just a cold front and reach over for some stranger's luggage to lean on while I wait. As I look over for a bag to grab, lightning went across the sky. I saw a quick flash of a little boy, 11, maybe 12 years old, sitting on the white box, staring at me with this eerily happy smile, and his head turned slightly to the side. My heart sunk and froze, never taking my eyes off that box for what felt like hours. I was startled by the replacement conveyor belt starting up right next to the plane. I darted to the moving conveyor boat, crawling as fast as I could, trying to keep my balance and the panic at the same time. I hit the ground and looked at John and said, nope, I'm done. You're going to have to go in there. I didn't want to explain exactly what I saw, but John knew something scared me shitless. He asked me, what's wrong? Who was it? I stuttered and walked away before I could say anything. Then I got a new text message notification that I heard loud and clear this time. A response from the unknown sender saying, it's your new friend. That was really creepy. Like,
1: I i know I've heard before, but like you can transfer bodies on planes. Like that's only, that's one way to do it. So I feel like that could be realistic as shit.
0: Right? some little boy Like, dies from unforeseen circumstances, and he's getting transported somewhere. Back home, or maybe he was away from home at, like, a private school or something. Yeah, exactly. And then something happened to him. Who knows? It could have been tragic, too.
1: Yeah, literally anything. Like, I get get what we were just saying about how the last story didn't have enough about it. But this, I feel like, does have enough, like, meat to it where it's
0: like, okay, I can latch on to this. Remember... Flashback to our investigation. It was stormy that night. Crazy shit happens when it's storming and paranormal. Yep. So like, the more energy around in the atmosphere, the more energy a spirit like could potentially take. Made a face out of the air and the crew. It's using its phone, his phone, to talk to him. Yeah, which is even more cool that they're
1: saying it's like it's interacting with him through texting and, and, and he sees somebody
0: and it's intelligent mm, that, maybe it, like, it attached creepy. to him I wonder, ooh, wonder what happened when he was or do home. you think it's like it's like attached to like some luggage and it's just
1: like this spirit ooh. in the plane is just roaming around and just wants to make friends
0: ooh, like I don't know I like this so, story a lot this is a good story it was a fun read definitely a fun read are we gonna give it the seal of approval are we gonna say it bumps uh I'm on the fence again, but I'm going to lean a little
1: more towards this one does bump because it's, it's, it's pretty realistic. The other one is a little more out there and it's like, take it how you want, but I think this one bumps. This one bumps. Alrighty guys. Thank you again for joining us for episode two of season three of does it bump on what goes bump in the night? And we just want to say we love you all. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening to these new episodes. We're enjoying the absolute shit out of making them for you. And we're going to keep them on coming.
0: And remember, folks, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music. And remember to like, comment, share, and to stay safe out there.
1: And remember, folks, to keep your ears and eyes open for what really goes bump
0: in the night.